And I'm James. <laughs> and welcome to this episode of Cold Coffee, where we explore powerful inspiration by positive people. This is stories of how people just like you and I have overcome adversities and challenges in their lives. Have you, so are you going to introduce today's guest? I will, yes. That's a good <laughs> idea. Uh, what's your name, love? <laughs> Today, today's guest is the wonderful Tracy Munro who has an incredible story, um, challenging story, and really a lesson in life of how to come out the other side on top and still climbing. So it's over to you, and you can kick off with the questioning. Thank you very much. That's my pleasure. Well, let's start at the beginning, as always, with these stories. We just have to start at the beginning. And I believe, really, obviously, my understanding of your story is starting with when you got quite poorly, and it was with Crohn's disease. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was, um, it was in 1988, and I developed Crohn's disease. I didn't know it was that to start with. When I went to the doctor, um, I had all these symptoms and um, they were coming about thick and fast, which apparently I found out later, it was really good that they did because he um, identified that I had Crohn's disease. He sent me to the local hospital to a gastroenterologist and I went in for the appointment on my own and he said to me, um, your GP's right, you've got, um, or I suspect, you have Crohn's disease. So I had to have a few invasive tests to find out whether, um, whether it was that or not. And when um, they came back, they confirmed I had Crohn's disease. But when the gastroenterologist told me that day I had Crohn's disease, I can remember being really emotional. And I was emotional because it wasn't anything more sinister and I was also emotional because I felt like I was making it all up. I felt like um, no one really understood my symptoms because they weren't visible. It was quite hard to sort of explain but it was so um, debilitating like 20 minutes after I ate I would remember rolling around the floor like in pain because my bowel was so inflamed. Um, it was really uncomfortable and I had a lot of, um, you know, symptoms. I, I'd trained to be a beauty therapist at that point, was trying to work and trying to deal with this um, issue. But when um, I went back to the doctor the afternoon of my, this was in the good old days when you could see your own doctor and um I went to see him that afternoon after I'd been to the gastroenterologist and he said, um, asked him what Crohn's disease was and then he explained to me. So I didn't have the courage or the thought really to to ask the gastroenterologist what exactly was Crohn's disease. Um, what is Crohn's disease exactly? You know, tell us what it is. An inflammation of your bowel um, and that's why it's so painful because anything that goes through there bar water um hurts so um and yeah so every time I ate or yeah every time I ate within 20 minutes I would have pain or I'd need the toilet 
Um, you couldn't be far away from the toilet. Um, you even get like a little card to say that you need toilet facilities quickly, um, you know, in some cases. So, um, yes. Yeah, Sorry, James? How old were you then? I was 21. You were 21. So I was 21 and this went on for a few months and I'd actually, um, I had an appointment to go up to London to St George's Hospital in the August to have a different type of test and um, they were going to take, in the, at that time it was quite an innovative, they were going to take the white blood cells out of me, tag them, put them back in and see where the inflammation was. Um, that was due in the August and as I I got really really poorly in the August and um, ended up being taken into St George's as an emergency case they um, they didn't ever do they did do that test actually as part of the thing but um, what they found was the reason I was so poorly was I had a big abscess in my bowel oh. so at 21 first time i'd ever been in hospital um i ended up in a london hospital on my own and i had to have a four four five hour operation and they removed part of my um large bowel and part of my small bowel as well sort of where the two connect so they took that and they kept telling me, um, well, the medical profession down here kept telling me that I had appendicitis. And I knew I didn't have appendicitis, just something in me was telling me it wasn't appendicitis. So when I was going down for the operation, I said to them, can you take my appendix? And they said, yes, we will be taking your appendix. So um, I just didn't ever want to be told that again. So yeah. yeah, I had that big operation and felt quite lonely. It was really, um, I met two really lovely people though, as a result of that. Um, one nurse who still sends me a Christmas card. Oh, and lovely. A doctor who, um, a doctor who said to me, if I can do anything about it, you won't have an operation because he wanted to treat me in medicine. But unfortunately, he came to me one day and he said, I just can't do this for you. You've got to have an operation. So, um, but he was by my bedside when I woke up. He was like, he was amazing. He was oh, so lovely. Oh, really? Yeah. So there lovely. are some great people in the medical profession, actually. Oh, yeah. So there really, really are. And it's all, you know, we always hear the horror stories, but it's always good to hear the good stories about, you know, the, when medical professionals have been really supportive. So, you know, thanks mm. for sharing that one as well. They were so kind, those two, like so kind. I think because I was young, you know, and I remember some of the um, patients in my ward, they were really mm. demanding and really um, not very nice maybe, you know, to... To the medical profession i was just very grateful for anything everywhere i was grateful for everything everyone was doing for me that's great yeah and what was your recovery like how long did it take to recover from that tracy they told me it would take six weeks um i came home and um i remember the first um day my husband went to work um trying to wash the dishes and um and even like lifting a kettle of water, you know, it's very hard when you've had mm. a big 
um, surgery on your abdomen. Um, things like that were really tricky. But being young, I did get over it fairly quickly. Um, and they told me um, to go away and not to worry. That was their advice to me. And um, I came from a family of warriors. So that wasn't the easiest thing for me to do. So I decided to read a book called um, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And that book helped me on my spiritual journey because I realized I didn't have to live the way that I had been living. Um, I could be more um, in the flow, if you like, and not um, you know, worry about the fact I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> what was the name of that book again, please? How to uh, how to stop worrying and start living. Wow, it's a good um, one to look at. Yeah, up. exactly. Really yeah. is. So then yeah. um, we, we we need to move on to your sort of you know not only then you did have your Crohn's disease, but then you know you then get some glandular fever. Yeah. So I had my daughter um, in 1996. Had my son in 1998. And he wasn't that old. I think he was about a year old, mate. Not, yeah, he was probably about a year old. And um, I had this overwhelming tiredness. And to begin with, I thought it was because I had two under twos, which, you know, we all realised what that's like. But it got to a point where I couldn't get out of bed. And I went to my doctor and he diagnosed that I had glandular fever. Now, he said to me, did I want a sick note? And I said, well, they can't read it. And he That's looked awesome. at me a bit confused. And I said, well, I've got two under twos. They can't read it. And he was like, oh, okay. Because his only advice was, was to go to bed for six weeks. Um, I was very lucky. My mother-in-law and my mum helped me a lot with the children. So I could get some rest. But even taking them to the park was like an ordeal. I couldn't really do it or certainly, you know, that would be all I could do in a day. So I'd had, when I was pregnant with my son, I'd had, um, I'd been for some yoga, uh, pregnancy yoga. And my yoga teacher was a homeopath, qualified homeopath. And my son had had problems with his teeth and he used to hit his head on the um, bed because his teeth were so sore. So I took him to the homeopath to get him some medication which worked. So I decided to give her a call and see whether there was anything she could do because it would seem that there was nothing that uh, Western medicine could do to help me. So I called her and she said, well, I, I, I'll try. She said, I don't know how successful it will be. So she started asking me my symptoms, giving me little tablets, which I would take. And to start with, they would work for sometimes like five, ten minutes, um, make me feel slightly better. And then she'd get the dose um, stronger and it started to help me on my journey. Um, and that really did help me to get stronger and able to, you know, get back to fighting fit and looking after my children properly. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing that as well. Yeah, so, um, so obviously this also led a little bit more into your sort of spirituality side of things as well, didn't oh, yeah. it? 
Because when I went to my GP, I'd forgotten about that, Sarah. Um, when I went to my GP, he one of the things that he was specialised in, he used to go to um, he used to go to America on conferences for something called emotional freedom technique or, or tapping. So he um, he said to me he started talking to me and some dreams that i'd had in the past started coming up and then some things connected to my childhood started coming up and he just started tapping me and i found that really really helped so i went back to him a couple of times and he helped me with the tapping and i was so interested in it that i then went and learned how to do it um, so that I could help others with that tapping because it really does help. Yeah, well, I've never tried it actually. You know, funny enough, I've heard so much about it over the years, but I've never actually tried it. This um, this doctor was a, a, a GP. That uh, yeah, he was so a he, GP. He was fairly unconventional then. Yeah, he he was he was quite conventional, but this tapping, he said, there's definitely something in it. Um, but he wasn't sure what was in it if at that time, you know. Um, they say now it's the same as um, acupuncture, but without the needles. So oh, okay. acupuncture points, yeah. And it, it, I mean, there's some great little techniques you can do that even um, can help children if they're nervous for exams and things like that. Helped quite a lot of children with um, certain certain um, areas they can tap. You know, if they're get a bit anxious wow yeah i think it's something i'd like to explore more i think actually it sounds really fascinating and like i say it's something i've come across a lot over the years so um and you actually kept your spiritual side a little bit hidden didn't you yes um i was in a relationship where um my spiritual side was not really well it was te i was teased about it basically so i did keep it hidden I knew there was something bigger than us out there, but I w wasn't able to explore that. Um, my nan was quite religious, and I used to go to church when I was little, and I thought maybe it was that, that I felt like there was something different for me, um, but I hadn't um, been able to explore that. So I left um, my husband um, in... Uh, well, about 2011, I left him and um, I was going through my own journey then. I realised now in hindsight that I was perimenopausal, I would say, around that point. Um, and I hadn't really realised what that was because then it wasn't talked about um right. you'd heard of the menopause but you didn't really realize how many symptoms there might be so um but on reflection i was going through that for sure you're quite young i think weren't you yeah i was 42 yeah. and i went to my doctor a different doctor to the one with the tapping <laughs> but i went to my doctor and he said, um, he just, I remember it, clear as day. He looked at his computer screen and he said, you're too young to be uh, menopausal. But wow. I had every symptom. I'd looked it up online and I had absolutely every symptom. So I decided 
to go to the doctors on his day off and see a different doctor. I did that and um, he, he first of all thought I was depressed. Well, the reason he thought I was depressed was I was getting no sleep because I had night sweats that were keeping me awake. The bed was drenched and I was having to get up and change the bed in at least once at night. And, um, you know, it was, I was absolutely exhausted. So he gave me some tablets that helped with my night sweats. And then that gave me um, sleep. And within a few weeks, I felt like a different woman. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? But it's, it's funny how some doctors, well, they shouldn't be practicing. Um, and yeah, there are others that are so enlightened. Yeah, the thing is with menopause as well, I don't know why it's so misunderstood because every woman goes through the menopause, but this seems to be really a common, such a common theme that people are not believed for their symptoms and everything else. You know, that's, I just, I just don't understand it really because well, it's so common. The, it is common, Sarah, but the, um, there's only 41% of universities, UK universities, that train their doc train the doctors in the menopause wow the rest are expected to pick that knowledge up on their um on their um placements the thing is is then you've got the older school doctors training these newer doctors um you know in placement and they're not necessarily get being given that that correct information always um that is changing just recently um they've decided they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna educate all of our gps in um the menopause so <laughs> i'm not sure well i do know why but um it's like you know it's good that they're now actually being yeah. educated properly it's about time it really yeah. is about time they're well getting... that's what I mean, oh. I, that's one of the things that I help women with is, um, you know, finding what they need to do to get the most out of that GP appointment because there are resources out there. But when you're feeling tired, low, you know, sort of on, you know, you just don't know which way to turn, you're not in always in a good place to find that information. Yeah, well, that's very true. Well, I think that naturally brings it to the end of part one. Um, we've, you know, talked about your challenges that you face in life. And thank you for sharing all that, Tracy. It's been really, really interesting. So we're going to take a little short break and then we're going to come back in part two where Tracy's going to share all about her personal growth and how things have turned around for her. Is she? Yeah, she is. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> See you in part two. You can follow our journey on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Cold Coffee Podcasts. So welcome to part two of Cold Coffee, where we are interviewing the lovely Tracy Monroe. Are you going to come back, Tracy? Where is she? She's disappeared. We need her back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at her. As if by magic. <laughs> magic of image. <laughs> I love that. For anyone listening on audio, they're not going to get it at all. If you watch no. on YouTube, you might actually understand exactly what's going on. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's the power of you just might just have to go and have a look on 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 um, YouTube about today's podcast because that was yeah that, that's going to tickle me for a little while anyway. <laughs> so part two is you sharing with us how you have then come through. Obviously, you know a lot of your story has shown how you've come through. But where, where are you? Do what are you doing now? Tell us a bit more about your spiritual journey. You know how things have been since you left your marriage. You know that type of thing. So you know how things have been over the last few years. Well, I um, I started my real spiritual journey when I left my first husband. I then was able to explore it more. Um, circumstances were such that I opened um, a salon, beauty salon in um, the village. And I employed um, a coach who was really spiritual, very woo-woo. Um, and she helped me a lot to um, pull that out of me. And I explored like thing, using cards and crystals and um, meditation. And the part, that part of my journey, I'll always be grateful to her for. And I tell her that it's um, one of those things that she really opened what what was in me, but it helped it to blossom. And um, I was then able to start incorporating that into um, the salon as well. Um, you know, even even as far as like aromatherapy, things like that, a lot of my treatments now especially will incorporate mind, spirit and my body and spirit um so yeah i did so i opened the clinic in um yately and then i was working there for quite some years probably about seven or eight years and then when um then we went into covid sorry backtrack a little bit i married my second husband while i was there um he is um completely different he well he took me to Glastonbury the other weekend because I wanted to go and all he'll talk about is the real wizard that he saw the real, what so, they saw. The real wizard he saw oh yeah <laughs> it's, that's Glastonbury actually they're two a penny in Glastonbury they are yeah and we saw a man with bells in his hair it was like it was brilliant, <laughs> oh, brilliant. It, isn't that lovely though I mean you know I was saying that um Last night, Sarah and I were with about 18 other people lying in a field looking at the stars and um, meditating to the sound of my, my daughter. Yeah, doing lovely. a yoga nidra. Yeah, lovely. And it was well, absolutely... he, um, he, he actually encourages me as well. One of the first um, books I read, one of the books I read was The Effort um, Story by John and Gaya. I can't remember their surname, but it was the first one ever to have that title and um like he he sends me things you know like that he he definitely has a spiritual side to him he might not always admit it but he definitely does <laughs> but we have a real deep connection that is from a different level and to me it's just like it, it is definitely spiritual our connection for sure so yeah yeah i, I get that and it's, i mean it's tough being a man and and admitting that you know you're spiritual yeah <laughs> i know it can yeah. be certainly i think yeah, yeah. it can be <laughs> depends i think I it depends that. who you're surrounded by really doesn't it yeah. and maybe it's difficult in some situations 
yeah. I think we learn more as we get older as well, don't we? So, so yeah, and um, so obviously this has led you on to, um, you know, your own coaching business. Tell us more about the sort of coaching side of things that you're now up to. Yeah, well, I... Um... That's right. So I was coached by a really good coach about a year ago and she started to draw out of me what I really wanted to do. And it was at that point that I started being more visible with my um, online with my spiritual journey, because up until that point where I'd been teased, it was hiding within me. It wasn't... Um, I wasn't as visible as I should be. But now I have clients coming in and they say to me, oh, you know, I, I, I've got this crystal or I've done it. And they just like start talking to me about it, like, you know, just very naturally, which is lovely. Um, and we talk about all sorts of um, spiritual stuff. I, I, had, um, I had a really... Um, unusual experience and my granddad died which um I think it was him um sort of his spirit entering into my body um and that is something that will always stay with me and had I have not had this journey I would never have experienced that I see white feathers all the time I always think that's my nan I um, that one of the last things my nan asked me to do was to look after my mum my mum is not the easiest person to look after. Let's just put it like that. So I, um, I would be walking around Yately, um and be talking to her, and then from nowhere, a white a white feather would drop, and there were no birds around, nothing. It was definitely my nan saying, "I can see you're trying." <laughs> 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 no, so, did my best or do my best <laughs> well that's all any of us can ever do isn't it you know so yeah. it's interesting as well just going back to your you saying about the clients coming in and sharing their bits and pieces because yeah ultimately we attract like for like don't we so we do uh, yeah, good but they're clients as well Sarah that um, didn't share that before but now where I've been more visible they now feel more open as well which is yeah. really lovely yeah. and so because I met that coach and she's like she she um helped me to find what my real passion is so my spiritual side is one of it and the other side I had been championing for um menopausal women prior to all of the wonderful um programs and things that have um developed recently I was on a mission because or I am on a mission because I feel that um, there were so many women like me or there are so many women out there like me that didn't have any idea of the symptoms and they can creep up on you because, you know, there can be like tiredness, um, you know, exhaustion. It's not all about night sweat. Sometimes it's a bit of brain fog. Can't remember people's names, things like that. And, you know, you start to think, what is happening to me? And then you know it, it it that is the beginning of um perimenopause so i went off i got trained as a coach and i'm trained in menopause as well and i've become the mindful menopause coach i, I think you need to go and see tracy 
<laughs> I, I've obviously got menopause. Brain fog, yes. <laughs> we, we won't go into how my wallet disappeared um, last Sunday <laughs> and how it turned up yesterday. <laughs> I swear men have a menopause as well. <laughs> no, I just, I just have a mushy brain. <laughs> No, we're not here. We're not here to take the mic out of me. We're here <laughs> to interview Tracy and her journey and learn about her journey. Mind you, it took me three days, four days to find my earbuds because I just didn't know where I put them either. You know, so um, yeah. But that's probably another story. That is another story. <laughs> yeah, yet another story. I was query about whether I'm ADHD or not. So you know, there's all sorts of things going on in the background. Yeah. Anyway, so. I mean, it's just been an amazing story, Tracy. I've loved, loved hearing it and for you to come on the show today and telling us all about it. So let people know how they can get in touch with you. Well, I've set up a very successful um, Facebook group, um, Mastering Menopause Mindfully. It's got um, almost 900 members now. Um, so I'm always in there, so you can join me there. There's my website, tracy-munro.com. Um, you can contact me there. Um, I I am taking um, coaching clients. I've been doing that now um, for quite some months. That's been very successful, and I'm really helping my clients. I've helped clients that have got problems with their um or had problems with, you know, family problems. They've helped her solve those uh, with their mindset. I've also helped with uh, women that were thinking of giving up work because they thought they had um, early signs of dementia. I've helped them to stay at work. So, um, yeah, they're the ways that you can contact me. You can either join my Facebook group or um, on my website. All the details you need are on my website. I'll send them your way. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy, just do... It's not funny. Tracy, it's Tracy Munro, Tracy underscore Munro dot com. Tracy hyphen Munro dot com. Okay, and the Facebook page again? Mastering Menopause Mindfully. Mastering Menopause Mindfully. It's a bit of a mess. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the links, out. James, and you can Please. pop them in the, pop yep, them in we'll the put, comments. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic well thank you so much tracy it's been fascinating and it's just been great to hear about you know obviously not having to gone through adversity but how you how you have come through adversity in such a positive way and now you're how you're helping other people you know sort of mastering those symptoms of menopause that actually it's probably not really him it's me who probably needs the help really (laughs) (laughs) so i'll be coming to see you really soon (laughs) and i I love the fact that there's this almost butterfly emerging from a chrysalis this young woman with all these problems and quite i don't know it just sounds like you were you were quite um what's the word inhibited you were and, and you, yeah and you, and you just you've, you've blossomed you know and, and I, I love that i love that i haven't finished yet james i'm only at the beginning that is very <laughs> true. <laughs> All of us are a work in progress, and that's the point. Exactly. Because the journey yeah. actually ever ends. I think, you know, that's the point. It never does end, does it? You know, Don't but... want it to, really, do you? <laughs> exactly, that, exactly that, because it's all about growth all the time. So that's fantastic. 
Thank you so much, Tracy. Take Thank care. you for having me. See you me. again on our next episode of Cold Coffee. Take care. Take care, Tracy. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to Cold Coffee Podcasts and would love to support the programme, then head over to Patreon at Cold Coffee Podcasts and become a member. This helps us to keep supporting the production of the show and also 10% of all contributions go to our chosen charities. You can follow our journey on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Cold Coffee Podcasts. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Cold Coffee. We're always looking for guests. So if you have an inspirational story that you'd love to share, then please contact us on wearecoldcoffee at gmail.com. We're sorry for the shitty sound quality. It's not our fault and we're looking for someone to blame.